Hey y'all, I'm Elisa. And I'm Samantha. And welcome to Watch for Deer. Happy Friday, y'all. Thank God it's Friday. Are you driving to work? Are you excited to go to work on Friday? I hope you are. I hope you enjoy your job. I love my job. Honestly, I genuinely love my job. I love what I do. For those of you that don't know, I'm a financial advisor. And, for and I hate mathing. Everybody so. that doesn't know. Yeah. For me, I am a middle school teacher. Yeah, middle school. That's hard. I don't think I could do middle school. I did elementary. I did middle school. I did high school for like a hot minute, and I hated it. No, I hated it. I hated, I hated high school because I wasn't intimidated, but I'd walk through the hallway and everybody was bigger than me. Dude. And I just did not, I just Middle schoolers like are bigger than me. Well, the eighth grade are bigger like, than me. They're huge. But middle school, middle school kids get a bad rap. They get a bad rap because they have the funniest little sense of humor and they say the funniest things to me and I just, I just love my middle schoolers. I, I love my middle schoolers. Oh, shout out to you middle schoolers out there. Yes, if you're listening, shout out to you all. Because I really do adore you guys. I have another shout out. Okay. I'm going to shout out to my friend, Lisa Rakes. What are you shouting her out for? Well, Is it because she, you're looking so svelte? Well, maybe. Spelt? Maybe. Maybe, girl. Because she owns Enlightened Weight Loss. It's located in Barbersville, West Virginia. And so I've been going to see her for a, a couple months now. Um, I, I get the semaglutide injections, and I, sometimes I'll get a B12 shot. Mm-hmm. Helps with like your, I think your metabolism and just like energy and stuff. Because let me tell you, when I'm not taking the shot, mama don't function. <laughs> I know you told me that you had went off of I don't it, and you function. just like it's probably it, probably a lot of it too is the B12. My grandma actually gets those shots she gets the b12 shots i think once a month and she said they make her feel amazing yeah i'm i um but you're looking so not that you didn't before but you look amazing well it thank you it's i I feel better and that's and for me i'm a full-time you know i'm a full-time mom i'm a full-time employee so i have to be you know i have to run my butt off all the time with these damn kids you know let's talk about that for a second because i know that probably most of our audience is is moms yeah probably what happened to where we had to go to work and still take care of the house still raise the kids and do all of the things and work 40 hours a week when did that happen at what point when these women started burning their bras i didn't burn mine and I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired, too. I am tired. All of those ladies that were fighting for equal rights. I want equal rights. I, want I just e- want to be able to stay Listen, home. I, want, I just want to stay home. I want to stay home and cook, okay? Yeah. Not all of us want to. Honestly, though, no, really. I would rather, honestly, in a perfect world, mm-hmm. and I hope maybe in the future this happens, yeah. Clint can stay home, yeah. and he can be mommy, and I'll work. Like, I'm okay with that. I think that's fantastic. I hope he's I a better that, wife than I am, I let think, me just say. I think that's fantastic. I think that he would be a great house husband. And all I got to say is if that ever happens, Clinton, I'm here to tell you, if you don't meet me at the front door with a French maid outfit on, <laughs> you're divorced. <laughs> divorced. Now I'm going to have to claw my eyeballs out because <laughs> I can't get that image out of my head. You're welcome. I'm going to poke my brain. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Well, I 
love my job, but I do too. I, I love my job. I'm getting. I really. I do a lot. Like I do. You do a lot. I do a lot. You so do. So it's not just middle school teacher. And I'm really like I can. I can tell that I'm hitting a wall. And yeah. I, yeah. So what do you do when you hit a wall? What do you do, Elisa, when you hit a wall? Because I feel like I'm hitting a wall. You hit that wall at 100 mile an hour. You hit it hard enough to where it knocks your honey <laughs> out for a few days, and then you recuperate that I way. I think I know exactly what you do. I think I'm going to have to call Lisa Dawn. I call her Lisa Dawn. Her name's Lisa Ray. Lisa. At her in uh, Wellness Center in Barbersville, and Seriously. I think I'm going to have to get a B12 shot. She also offers a Vitality shot, but right now I can't get it because I'm allergic to sulfur. Do you know what she was telling me that she was going to get? She what? was uh, thinking about putting in some kind of sauna. Mm, yes. Yes, really please. Good. Holla at your girl. <laughs> we will uh, try your sauna out for you to make yes, sure that yes. it's okay. Yes, we'll we, t- we we'll would not want to recommend your services to our listeners without testing the waters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you know what a sauna is. <laughs> There's water in the sauna, like steam. Okay, steam. All right. All right. Yeah, I know what a sauna is. Okay. We were in a sauna when we went skiing. Did we not have the, best we had the best time? time? We used to ski. Gosh. We used to be really fun people. That, that was 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. pre-kids. And we had the best time. Mm, that was. That was when the kids were little and we could send them off to their grandparents. And that we was could take before off. the kids were little. That was before your kids, but I still had kids. My kids are older than your kids. Ma'am. What? You had little Emmy in your belly when my husband shoved you over on okay. your skis. So I did. I had two, and he didn't know yeah. I was pregnant. And, yeah. and I skied up to Clinton, and I was like, hey, Clinton. It was at the very end of the day. <laughs> and I said, hey, Clint, look. And he turned around, and I went, I've not fall, I have not fell one time. Not one time today. He goes, really? He takes his hands <laughs> and hits me so hard and throws me backwards. And then I find out the next week when we're back here that I'm pregnant with Emily. And he felt like yeah he did he was like oh god (laughs) but she's fine today i am bringing to you i'm gonna name this episode farm to not table it's farm to murder farm to table is what i do (laughs) (laughs) it's not table hold on (laughs) (laughs) if you could have seen how excited she was to say farm to murder she was like farm to To tape And she was like, her eyes got real big and she got real smiley. And I'm like, murder. (laughs) It's not table, it's murder. It's all murder. It's all murder. It's all about murder. Blood, gore, and murder. (laughs) (laughs) You need to settle down is what you need to do. We'll never get through this if you don't. You're at a 10, I need you at a 5. Okay, okay. All right, let's let's really do it again. Just say farm to murder. Today, we're talking about farm to murder. The ah! Ray and Faye Copeland story. Ooh. Have you ever heard of them? No. You have not? No. Awesome. So this is going to be fun. Is I'm excited. I'm excited okay. about this. I do love a story when I don't know anything about it. I do. It, it's really I... fun. It's like story time. It is story time. It's story time. Okay. So let's just dive right in. Ray was born on December 30th of 1914, just after the start of World War One. He and his parents, Jess and Laney, moved around the country, commonly during his childhood, until the Copeland family finally settled into the town of Ozark Hills, Arkansas. During their travels, Ray gained himself a younger sister and a younger brother. The Copelands soon became one of the many victims of the Great Depression, and Ray had to drop out of school 
during the fourth grade in order to help his family maintain their small farm. He appeared to have been a spoiled child, demanding things frequently that would shortly be delivered to him. So he, Mom, Dad, I want this toy. No, sorry, Ray, you can't have it. But I want a toy. I instantly think of, uh, who's the chick in Willy Wonka? Oh, the one who ate the boy. Beauregard. I don't know the name of it. It's Beauregard. She's like, I want a golden egg too, Daddy. You sounded just like her. Thank you. This is Ray. So, Ray is Beauregard. Um, and, of course, his parents would cave and they'd buy him whatever. At age 20, he committed his first crime, stealing two hogs from Jess and selling them in another town. That's So, Jess is his uh, grandparents, I believe. Yes, his grandparents. Okay. So, he stole two hogs. Off of his grandparents? Off of his grandparents. Yep. Well, he sounds like a P.O.S. He sounds like hog (laughs) (laughs) doo-doo. Even though his dad found out about it, no formal charges were filed. Ray continued to commit more crimes in the following years, usually stealing livestock. But he started turning to crimes more serious in nature, once being arrested in 1936 for forging government checks in Harrison, Arkansas for which he was sentenced to one year in county jail. In the spring of 1940, Ray made a routine visit to a physician's office, where he met then 19-year-old Faye Della Wilson. Faye was born August 4, 1921, to Rufus and Gladys Wilson, a hardworking couple from Harrison who, despite having little money, were able to raise seven kids in a dirt floor cabin. You couldn't do that today. I mean, you could do that today, but but they would take them away from you. Oh, for sure. Well, listen, like when I hear dirt floor cabin, like my feet instantly freeze because my feet are always cold. Like I sleep with a heated blanket on and like my feet balled up in it. I die. I would die. You know, I said you couldn't do that today. I bet I... I bet that happens today i bet it happens 100 percent. yeah i bet it does i mean mean, there's no bet to it well here's the thing i feel like if you have kids you do what you need to do to survive regardless of what that is right regardless all right so she and ray started dating and in six months they were formally married within a year later they had their first child a little boy they called everett Now, following Everett, two years later, was another son, Billy Ray. Billy Ray Cyrus? Billy Ray Cyrus. No, just Billy Ray. Just Billy Ray. Just Billy Ray. In 1944, Ray decided to move his family to Fresno County, California, where he and Faye had their only little girl, Betty Lou. I love that name. It's so like country, Betty Lou. The following year. Another two years later, their third son... Alvia was born, and yet another two years in 1949, following him was William Wayne. On the same year William was born, Ray was accused of stealing horses from a local farmer, and while no charges were filed, he established a reputation in Fresno County. It was left damaged, and Ray had to move back to Arkansas. Mm. Uh -uh -uh. Less than a month after their relocation... Ray was arrested once again for 
theft of cattle. And Ray is the dad. Ray is the dad. How many times can this man be arrested? He's, well, he's used to getting what he wants. Remember, mm. mom and dad, I mean, he he's, throw a fit. Yeah, he's spoiled. Mommy, I want to go to it. Mommy, I want a cow. Mm-hmm. Do you think that worked with Clinton? Probably not. No. Clinton, I want a goat. <laughs> <laughs> Get to me. No, no. You know what I want? What? I want one of them longhorn cattle. One of them little baby cows. Where would you put it at? You're talking about a highland, but where would you put it at? Well, I have a barn. Mm-hmm. I just need some fencing. Yeah. So, there. There you go. I want a cow. Okay. For Christmas. I'll tell him. All right. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Let's focus. Less than a month after their relocation, um, Ray was arrested once again for theft of cattle. Already said that. Mm-hmm. Going to cut it out. Okay. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> he was found guilty of grain larceny and sentenced to one year in jail. So when this happens, what does uh, what does mom do? I guess she just, I don't know, lives in her dirt floor cabin and milks the cows and <clears throat> she the chickens that, you know, he stole and <laughs> she eat their him. stolen eggs and stolen milk. I mean, I, all right. After completing his sentence, Ray moved the family to Rocky Comfort, Missouri, where he was arrested for cattle theft again. Now, this time, he was sentenced to help in manual labor at the judge's farm and stole the judge's cattle. Not really. I just made that part up, but that would have been a really funny tale <laughs> to the story. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, that would have been a really funny, you know. I was been, like, you've got to be shitting yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> he stole the cow from the judge? <laughs> what is wrong with this man? <laughs> Starting in 1953, Ray began following the same pattern as his parents did to him in his childhood, moving his family around from town to town. And during these travels, he was arrested at least five more times for writing forged checks. During the summer of 1966, the Copeland family returned to Missouri, where Ray and Faye successfully purchased a small farm with 40 acres of land in Mooresville. Faye soon took a job at a local glove-making company. Ray proved unpopular with the neighbors, well, with good reason. He's a thief. They viewed him as a bitter elderly man and suspected he physically abused his family. Faye and the Copeland children would later deny these allegations. Wanting to gain money and yet knowing another arrest for forgery would send him to prison for a very long time due to his lengthy arrest record, Ray formulated a scheme to scam people, purchasing cattle, and then get away with it. So, his plan was to show up at cattle auctions, catering to like hitchhikers and drifters, you know, just passer-throughers. Hold on. There was cattle auctions that catered to hitchhikers and drifters? Apparently, when you're, you know, on the road. What and do you're they traveling. do with their cat? What? I don't know. Okay. I'm just telling you. I'm just, I'm just bringing. It sounds like 1950 was wild. It was so wild. <clears throat> I bet it wasn't as well as 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> Man, those 1980s and 90s hit I mean, pretty hard. Those too. were pretty fun. And they we have Y2K and when everybody thought everybody's going to die. So they have, okay, so it's cater, 
Catering to drifters. Okay. So, um, yeah, g- catering to the drifters. So, um, he was going to have a man he was purchasing cattle from write out a check from Ray's book, sign that check, and then sell the cattle before the check could bounce. And then he would claim innocence to the authorities who would eventually come to investigate and allege the signatures on the check were forged. So what he was doing was he was pulling just some random person, right? He was pulling a random person, taking them to the cattle auction. He was handing them his checkbook, purchasing these cows, having this random person sign the checks. That's what he was doing with the drifters. Yes. He was getting them to forge the checks. And by the time... The check bounced. The hitchhiker was gone. Yeah. The check had bounced. Mm-hmm. And he had already turned around and sold the cattle for cash. Okay. So that's that was his scheme. Okay. Which was actually a very, you know, it was a very good, um, it was a very good scheme. I, I mean, it's not, it I mean, it's not bad. It doesn't sound bad. I it mean, doesn't sound like a bad gig. You know, they would have already skipped town and... You know, they would have been responsible for the foraging. But right. how are you going to catch somebody who's who doesn't have an address or who? I mean, well, you're not. So, so I this mean, is a was, good plan. And, and he's so fixated on cattle, anyways, which is yeah. weird to me in which the first place. Yeah, he really loves cattle hoofs. <laughs> he really likes cows. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I want to see how this. Did is. you know there's an only fan about cow hoofs? Why? Why do you know that? I'm just kidding. I'm just making it up. What is wrong <laughs> with you tonight? Listen, your face was priceless. What is wrong with you tonight? <laughs> you're. I'm telling you, it's the semaglutide. <laughs> Shout out to Enlighten Weight Loss. <laughs> How'd you like that? Slide that right in there. <laughs> Slide oh, it right in there. Oh, Lord, it's going to be a long episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm really having trouble focusing today. So. I can tell. Anyways. <laughs> I'm going to eat a cracker if you hear this a wrapper. I'm eating a cracker. <laughs> She's like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. While I'm the scheme hungry. was completely unoriginal. Ray was able to get away with the scheme dozens of times until one of Ray's victims, Gerald Perkins, was interrogated by police and he exposed his little scheme. Ray was soon arrested and sentenced to almost two years in jail for check forgery. When he was released from prison, Ray tweaked his scam just a little. Instead of having his scam victims write checks from his account, they would be told to get a post office box go open up a checking account in their name and have them write checks from their own accounts at cattle auctions. And his explanation for this to the scam victims were that the auctioneers disliked him for one reason or another and would not give him a, a fair shake. Again with the cattle, Ray. Again with he the really cattle. He really likes cows. It's <laughs> a little odd. Yeah. After the scheme was carried out, Ray would eliminate the key witness by murdering him. Oh! <laughs> You so should. he was now he was now he was murdering the drifters. Yeah. So they were opening up checking accounts. Yep. Then writing checks, bad checks. Yep. For cattle. Cattle. They and, were giving the cow to Ray. And then Ray was getting the cow in it, which in turn he would sell for money. And then he would kill the the drifter. The drifter. That sounds worse than forgery, Ray. <laughs> that sounds worse. Listen, he ain't got no witness. Ain't got no witness. Ain't got no crime. He's got blood on his hands. Ain't got no crime. Okay, tell me he gets caught. All right. So, Faye would come to act as an accomplice in this scheme. Faye! Now we're bringing Mama Faye in. Faye! Faye. Ma'am, you need to watch yourself. 
base scheme worked with the couple claiming five to 12 victims during their crimes. Holy crap. Yes. Yes. During their crimes, they employed 57-year-old Jack McCormick, who soon caught on to their illegal activities. When Ray sensed McCormick's suspicions, he attempted to kill him. Oh, my God. So, let's, let's talk a little bit now about Mr. McCormick's ordeal. Okay. In August of 1989, a, a man called the Crime Stoppers Hotline and explained that he believed a farmer in Mooresville, Missouri, was killing people and burying them on their farm. No! Fudge! No! <laughs> no! It's just so normal. No! <laughs> you go back and you fix that right now. No. I swear to goodness, I am not doing this on purpose. I've always said bury. No. Bury. You start again. Missouri. Oh, wait. I got to do the whole sentence again? Yes, ma'am. Start again. God. I'm so sorry for you middle schoolers out there who have her as a teacher. Ah, they love me and you fix it. Okay. <clears throat> me, 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 me. In August of 1989, a man called the Crime Stoppers Hotline and explained that he believed a farmer in Mooresville, Missouri was killing people and burying them on their farm. That sounds so stupid. It doesn't sound stupid. Elisa, let me tell you what sounds stupid. Buried. Bury. I like buried. I don't care. The man, no, ma'am. Jack McCormick, was a transient who was wanted for writing bad checks. When Jack McCormick made his call to Crime Stoppers, investigators learned there was a little more to the Copelands than what they thought. So, when walking behind the barn... Jack McCormick discovered what he thought to be a human skull and a leg or arm bone protruding from the ground. As he returned to the house, he was met by Ray and Faye, who seemed super upset and told him that they did not want anyone back behind that barn. You know, because they'd be burning him dead bodies. No! <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> they buried people. That's exactly behind right. Behind their barn. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Jack told authorities that Ray hired him and brought him to the bank to open a checking account, depositing a small amount of money to start the account. He said that when he went with Ray to the auction house, and Ray told him when to bid on the cattle and, like, how much to bid. When the sale was final, Ray instructed him to write a check, and he would deposit funds to cover it. However... Jack said that night, Ray asked him to help him trap a raccoon in the barn. When Jack turned around in the barn, Ray had a rifle pointed straight at his head. He was able to convince Ray not to shoot him and promise to leave Missouri and keep his mouth shut. That was a promise old Jack didn't keep. He didn't. No, he did not. Then he went and told on him for murder. So, he was the one that called Crime Stoppers. Um, what is Crime Stoppers? It's what like an anonymous hotline that you can call and, like, report crimes. Is that... That's not a thing now. I think it might be a thing now, well, still. Well, if it is... You need to Google that. I'm not going to Google it. I'm going to mm. call on you. Because <laughs> you say bury. I'm going to I'm gonna make something up. We need to stop that crime. And I'm going to call on you. Actually, call on me. Tell them that I have a bunch of people buried in my front yard. You said it. I meant to. I love it. 
It, it was beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Tell them I have a bunch of people buried in my front yard. Have them dig it up for spring for my garden. You know, I probably have another story about that, too. About what? I'm going to have to find that story, too, about a, quote, garden, quote. Mm-hmm. Okay, continue. Okay, anyhow. Um, police initially did not put much stock in the man's claims, but decided to investigate the farmer after learning he had his own criminal background. What police discovered around the farm of Ray and Faye Copeland shocked the entire nation. The whole nation? The whole nation. Hmm. The whole U.S. of A. Shocked them all. <laughs> Every one of them shook. Shook. They are shooked. Shook. Plum to the bone. And then buried. <laughs> <laughs> A week-long search on the Copeland property <clears throat> was eventually initiated in which three bodies... A list of farm helpers by Faye and a quilt made from the clothing of the victims were discovered. Oh. Yeah. So, Mama Faye be taking these dead people's clothes and making her quilt that goes on her bed. Well, she's doing that because she's poor. Like. Very true. So, I mean, farmers used to use, you know, all their resources. Uh, yeah. So, she's all their doing resources. that because she's poor. Yeah. Because they're poor. But would they be that poor if they're stealing this much? I mean, I they know. must be that poor because they're stealing. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're like they may be like so poor that he feels like it's the only thing he can do is steal. Mm. But he couldn't hold down a job. I mean, he just he couldn't do it. He yeah. just wanted the easy way out. Police kept searching and began a search on the neighboring farm, which Ray frequently worked on for extra money. There, police found the bodies of four young men buried near a barn and another man's body in a well so all i can think about this is when i say in a well were those other farmers still drinking from that well because that is flipping nasty they probably were like how would you not taste decomposed body in your well i don't know I don't know. How could you not smell that? Like, we have an old well house at my mom and dad's. Like, it still has the pulley system, and it still has water. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we we don't use that well, but I would think, like, they would have tasted some funky water. Mm -hmm. That gave me the wheelies. That's just, well. The bodies were badly decomposed, and dental records were difficult to obtain from the missing men as they did not have regular dental care. So, this kind of tells me that it in lines with the hitchhiker story. Yeah. You know, these were drifters. These were hitchhikers. They didn't have, you know, they, they just roamed. Right. All four bodies were killed by the same weapon, a twenty-two caliber Marlin rifle that was found in the Copeland home. Ballistics testing would prove it was the weapon used to murder the five men whose bodies had been found. Ray and Faye were arrested. Prosecutors quickly offered a deal to Faye. If she revealed to investigators the locations of more bodies, her only charge would be the conspiracy to commit murder, which would result in only a few months in jail for her cooperation. However, Faye seemed to cover for her husband, telling the prosecutors of her unaware nature of Ray's killings. The Copelands were soon arraigned on five counts of first-degree murder. 
On November 1st of 1990, then 69-year-old Faye went on trial and claimed that Ray committed the murders without her knowledge and that she suffered from battered women syndrome. However, the evidence against her was solid and she was found guilty of all five charges against her, being sentenced to death by lethal injection (gasps) for four of the counts and a life sentence without parole for the fifth. As Faye was sentenced to death by lethal injection, she sobbed uncontrollably. Now, when her loving husband, Ray, was told about the verdict on his wife, you know what his reply was? What? Quote, well, those things happen to some, you know. He apparently never asked about Faye again. Ray is rumored to have been a spoiled child, often demanding things. Although he came from a poor family, if Ray wanted something, he got it. He was strongly disliked by all the neighbors who believed he beat Faye and their four children. On March 7th, 1991, then 76-year-old Ray went to trial. Did you say what year? 76, 1991. He didn't even go to trial till 1991? Listen, they... How? So she went to trial in November. In November. Yeah. So this is only... Only, what, what I say, 89? Yeah, August 1989. Okay. 89 is when McCormick, isn't McCormick? Yes, McCormick called mm-hmm. Crime Stoppers and they started investigating. And then she went to trial in 1990. So is that just, Crime Stoppers where that dog, do you remember that commercial, that dog that wore the yeah. long jacket? Yeah, and the little the little hat, I think. Yeah, I think was he his wears name McGruff? Was it McGruff? I think so. I can see that dog. It was a hound so. dog. Yeah. In a uh, trench coat. In yes. a cream trench coat. Yeah. Mag- McGruff. Mag- was it McGruff? I think it is. I just had a memory. I think so. I just had a memory. Look at that. McGruff. I'm pulling stuff out of your brain. Yeah. I'll send you a bill later. Okay. So, uh, yeah, March 7, 1991, then 76-year-old Ray went to trial where he was also found guilty of the charges against him and sentenced to death by lethal injection. Two years later, Ray passed away while while awaiting execution at the Potosi Correctional Facility. On August 6th of 1999, Faye's death sentence was overturned because the evidence of her involvement was not enough to warrant such a sentence. How old was she there? Do you know? Um, I don't because she she was probably like... 10 or 12 years. He was born in like 1914 mm-hmm. and she was born like, I want to say like 1930s. Okay. So they were, they, there was a little bit of an age difference there. <clears throat> I'd have to go and look, but, um, however, she was still set to remain in prison due to the still standing murder convictions. This prompted outrage from several women rights activist groups who protested against the imprisonment and argued she was no longer deemed a threat to society. However, no one listened to these protests. In December of 2000, after an attempt to reinstate Faye's death sentence a month prior, Tom and Jeanette Block, founders of the Missourians Against State Killing, or MASK organization, Mm -hmm. continued to fight for Faye's release from prison, by requesting that people send in letters of support for Faye, with a petition for her release also preparing to be granted 
by the then governor of Missouri, Roger Wilson. On August 10th of 2002, Faye suffered a stroke that left her partially paralyzed and incapable of speech. As a result, she was paroled weeks later to the Morningside Center Nursing Home in her hometown of Harrison, Arkansas. Finally, on December 30th of 2003, Faye passed away at the age of 82. No one expects an elderly farmer and his wife to be serial killers. Many people still question Faye's knowledge of the depravity of her husband, but others believe she was a willing participant in his crimes. While neither of them was actually executed, they left a legacy for their children and their grandchildren, the oldest couple in the United States, to be sentenced to death. Hmm. And that's the... Farm to murder story. Not farm to table. Not farm to table. Well, that was that was a that was a story. That was a little interesting. Wasn't the it? oldest couple to ever be sentenced yeah. to death. See, I knew you'd left a little little bit of history thrown in there. Oh, I got a little bit of history for you since we're going to talk about history for a hot second. Let's go. The and I could be wrong about this, but but we'll have to look at look it up. The first woman ever executed in the United States was accused of collaborating with John Wilkes Booth against Abraham Lincoln. Of course it would be Abe Lincoln. I'm just telling knowledge. you. I'm 99% sure that's true. I, I can't uh, Defer, yeah. confirm or deny that. It's that's a hanging, just a hanging. random There was knowledge. a bunch of them. There was a bunch of people that was actually convicted uh, from that, and they were killed over that because there was like a big, there was big conspiracy but yes there was a woman and she housed some of the people knew what was going on gave him some weapons and everything she was convicted and it was the first woman in the united states to ever be uh, sentenced to death nice there's mm-hmm. your little history lesson for the day. There's your history lesson you for the day. You are welcome. Mm-hmm. So, you guys, let us know what you think about today's episode. Be sure to email us at watchfordearpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at watchfordearpodcast. Go like and follow our Facebook page, Watch for Dear Podcast. Be sure to hit the follow button, y'all. Like, we're up to, like, almost 67 followers. That's that's huge for us. Like, I'm, like, a little giddy about it. I, did, so, I, I do feel like that's pretty big for us. I feel like it's pretty good. We're just two little small-town country girls. And, like, that's, and that's followers. That's, that's followers. That's people, not our listener. No. That's, our, that's no. followers. Nope. So, we're, like, I think inching close to, like, 1,100 listens, which I feel like is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But thank you guys for supporting us. Y'all be safe. And, and watch, watch for deer. deer.